You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Welcome to the You Know Mary, You Know Jesus. Hello there, everyone. My name is Bob Cantoni, and I thank all of you for joining me. I've, uh, I am taking a Mariology class at college, at the Holy Apostles College and Seminary in Krama. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, class that is, teaching all about the dogmas and unpacking the dogmas of our beautiful Queen Mother Mary. And you know me, I absolutely have such joy and delight to bringing you um, information on and get to know Mary better. So it's my delight to make Mary known and loved. And I really, uh, in imitation of St. Louis de Montfort, that was his whole spirituality, to make Mary known and loved so that she could make the heart of Jesus known and loved. Same thing with St. Maximilian Colby and all the great Marian saints. So it's my joy. I came across a beautiful uh, quote by St. Louis de Montfort that gives a, a really uh, in-depth understanding of why Mary is so necessary for our sanctification. All right, so, um, you know, we, we, yes, of course, Jesus is the one redeemer. He is the one who merited our salvation and redemption. He's the one who merited for us eternal life. But Mary is so necessary because she merited, in virtue of her immaculate conception, the incarnation of Christ in the womb of this hypostatic order. We've got to remember, Jesus is a hypostatic union between the divinity and Christ's humanity. That happened in the womb of Mary. And we can't even imagine what she merited um, through the effects of the hypostatic union of her perfect charity of love of God and love of neighbor. So it is beyond us. It's only known to God and to Mary. But we have to take God's word for it. But through those incredible merits and Mary's perfect yes, without any hesitation uh, for Jesus to be incarnated in her womb, and her perfect yes as offering her only begotten son. Now, let me make a distinction here. Jesus is begotten from all eternity, the only begotten son of the Father from all eternity. But she, Jesus is all, Mary's only begotten son in time. So she imitates God the Father most by, of any creature, offering her son as a perfect sacrifice for the remission of our sin, to save us from going into the fires of hell, and so that God, Jesus, could open the gates of heaven for us. Mary did that in perfect charity. Without any hesitation, she offered her son with perfection to in, perfect union with the will of God without any hesitation. So what she merited, she did not merit the grace of redemption and sanctification or conversion, but what she did merit from her son is the privilege to distribute all of God's grace. That's it. That's why she is a mediator between us and her son Jesus. God is delighted to let his mother have the role of distributing all of his graces to whom she wills. Now, why do I say that? Because she willed the will of God perfectly. She never deviated from that. So whatever her will is, it's God's will. 
because her will and God's will is one. But that's what she's trying to get us to arrive at, having that oneness with the divine will, so we can enjoy similar privileges as little mediators, if you will. Of course, we, can't, we don't have the grace to convert somebody. Jesus does. But by our action in the Holy Spirit, united with Christ, he allows us to participate in his work of salvation, where perhaps we could uh, do some work of charity, or we can say a good word, or we can pray, or say some work of kindness, even a smile, where God will provide the grace that is like the seed, that he will plant the seed for their conversion, or something will soften their heart and gain their attention toward God rather than on themselves and on the pleasures of the world. So it's very simple. But St. Louis de Montfort, I've got to love St. Louis de Montfort. Um, he truly is one that I look to, to imitate his great love for Mary. But he is so brilliant. He's got endowed with such wisdom to his devotion to Mary. And what God has been pleased to give him of the knowledge of Mary through his devotion to Mary. And that's, what, that's my aim. I'm hoping I could spark that interest in all of those listening today. So I will read something from the Treaties of True Devotion by St. Louis de Montfort. And uh, I really believe you're, you're going to enjoy this. It's very short. But before we do that, let's begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Come by means of the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Dear Heavenly Queen, it is my joy and my heart's delight to talk about you. Usually the ones that we love most are the ones that we talk about, you and Jesus. That's all I want to talk about. But you can tell who someone loves by what they talk about all the time. I can't help talking about you, and I truly hope that you can intercede for me and all of those listening that will help us to understand more what God wants to reveal about the truth about you and God's plan and, and the role that he gave to you as, as mother of the Savior and mother of the church and mother of all humanity. So your greatest title is Theotokos, mother of God. It doesn't get any better than that. You can't get better than that, mother of God. So that is a huge, huge uh, title and an, an extremely exalted role and, and uh, status with God. It's hard for us to understand, but you understand it. But help us to take advantage of the tremendous graces that Jesus, he is so, uh, he is so lovingly has lavished on you so that you can help us to become the great saints that God has designed for all of us. St. Joseph, I beg your intercession in a powerful way as as father of the Holy Family, as terror of demons, intercede for all of us and our families in these particular intentions. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So in the Treaties of True Devotion by St. Louis de Montfort, I highly recommend it. Go out and get yourself a copy. Incredibly rich with beautiful gems. It is a treasure house of knowledge about the Mother of God and her role and how God 
has planted her in that role and why she is so necessary to help us to become the saint to the degree that God wants us to become. Okay? It's very important. But it's also, she, she helps us, she nourishes us and teaches us to become the great saints of the times that we are living in. Or whatever era we live in, we need the mother of God because Jesus needed her. You know, and like Adam and Eve, uh, when God created Adam, he said, the Holy Trinity said, let us make them a suitable helper. So Adam uh, got, uh, was put into a deep sleep, and from the rib of Adam, God fashioned a woman, the helper of the man. Now we know, through the fathers of the church, they refer to Jesus as the new Adam and Mary as the new Eve. So the new Adam needed a helper. But we're all, in a sense, brothers of the new Adam and sisters of the new Adam, and we need our mother Eve, the new Eve, just like Jesus. It's very simple logic. It's not complicated. We need a mother, a spiritual mother. And uh, Jesus and God the Father and his infinite wisdom provided us with the best can't get any better than the mother that gave birth to Jesus. That's why St. Louis is so on fire uh, with sharing with his knowledge. He probably he couldn't wait. Um, so now I'm, I feel the same sentiments. But anyways, this is taken from the Teresa chapter 1 and from section 8-2. He says this, Mary is necessary for men that they may arrive at their final end. I'm going to read that again. Now, this is a great saint. Mary is necessary. It's not like, well, if I want to have devotion to her, but it's not, I'm not interested, you know. She's really not for me. I go straight to Jesus. And that's fine. You can go straight to Jesus. But what I will say, you're really not going straight to Jesus, even though you may think you are. Mary is so good a mother, even though some may reject her or reject this teaching or think that she isn't necessary, she's there as your mother doing what she needs to do as a good mother to help you arrive at your, your ultimate end. It's, it's a fact. So Mary is necessary, and even if we reject her, she is still unconditionally loving to her children because Jesus gave us his, as her children at the foot of the cross. So he says, devotion to Mary is not therefore a work of supererogation, meaning that something that uh, we go above and beyond our duties, all right? but as a devotion to any of predestination. It's, in other words, devotion to Mary and deep devotion where we take Mary into our own homes like St. Saint, like, uh, Saint John did at the foot of the cross, it is a sign of true predestination as sons of God that St. John has put in his book. He came to his own, but his own did not recognize him. But to those whom did, he gave them the power to become sons of God. So God saw from all eternity 
that we would have, those would have a devotion, a deep devotion to his mother as a sure sign of predestination. Now, I'm not saying that those that do not have a devotion to Mary are not going to make it to heaven. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is your, a true devotion to Mary with sincerity and a state of grace is a sure sign and actually an assurance of your predestination toward our, your ultimate end in God, that is eternal life. She secures it for us. It's a great gift from God, and we really need to take advantage of this. Well, this is what he says. St. Louis de Montfort, taken from chapter 1 in True Devotion. He says, that devotion is still more necessary for those who are called to special perfection. Right, let me unpack that a little bit. I don't know how to say this clearer, but outside of Mary, if we do not, uh, it, though with Mary, or outside of Mary, you cannot attain the, the, the degree or height of glory that God has designed for us without Mary. We may make it to heaven, but we will never merit the degree of merit and glory without her that God wants for us. She makes it possible because she has merited so perfectly every single grace that God has. She contains the full wellspring and treasury of God's graces. She distributes, in other words, there's nothing lacking. It's not like she has most of God's grace to distribute or she has some of God's grace to distribute. She contains, or God has given her the privilege and the role to distribute all of God's graces to whom she wills. So it really is beneficial to us, a necessity to come to know her and take her into our own homes and love her as Jesus did and as St. John has done and as St. Joseph has done. St. Joseph also took Mary into his own home. We read that uh, in the beginning of uh, the Gospels. You see? So... She is necessary if you want to reach the degree of glory that God has designed for us. And St. Louis goes on to say, and I do not think it possible that anyone can arrive in intimate union with our blessed Lord and perfect fidelity to the Holy Ghost without a great spirit of union with our blessed Lady and dependence on her assistance. Now, why would he say such a thing? Because no one has a more perfect union and knowledge of her son Jesus than Mary. No one. Other than Jesus. But we're talking about relationship here. Mary can teach us how to have that intimate uh, union and relationship with her son because she knows how to do it best. You can't get a deeper, more intimate relationship between mother and son. So Our Lady shows us, and she, she helps us to participate in that intimacy that she has with her son. And no one else can do it. That's why it's so important. So St. Louis goes on to say, we need her assistance, and we depend upon her, we need her assistance. He says, I have said that this will happen especially towards the end of the world. And now let me just clarify what he's talking about here. It's not the end of the world where, you know, 
Uh, that's going to be uh, where the last judgment where Jesus is coming and that's it. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not. Not there yet. That's the last judgment. What he's talking about is the end of the world as we see it, where Satan is ruler. It'll be the end of the world of Satan and sin and death, where Satan is the prince of this world, but Jesus is about to cast him out. It's going to be the end of an era, the era of sin and Satan. And then it's going to usher in the era of Christ the King under his headship, under his kingship, under Christ's rule of justice and righteousness. All right? Now, Jesus greatly diminished the power of Satan. He mortally wounded him. But the devil isn't dead totally yet. Just look around you. Just look at all the evil that's happening in the world, these wars. Those who want to propagate abortion and euthanasia, who champion it like it's, like it's the greatest gift that God has given people, the, the right to choose what I could do with my own body. Are you kidding me? That's of the culture of death. That's of the culture of the Antichrist. So that's, there's the evil still in the world. But it's about to end. Jesus mortally wounded the serpent, the dragon, but his mother Mary is going to finish him off. That's why she, she wants to make great saints for these end times, especially toward the ends of the world, St. Louis de This is what he's talking about. And if you go back to the book of Genesis, where Genesis chapter 3, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Who's he talking about? Between Satan, huge, the dragon, the old serpent, between him and the woman, an enmity. A great hatred between them, a mutual hatred and war, the arch enemies. You will lie and wait for her heel. And it says, there's two translations, he will crush his head or she will crush his head. Either way, God is going to do it, but Mary is the instrument who's going to finish him off. That's why he says you will lie and wait for her heel. You will strike at her heel. But she's going to crush his head with her heel. Who's that? Those who keep the commandments of God, those who've been washed clean of the blood of the Lamb, as it says in Revelation 12. That's why Jesus referred to Mary in several parts of the gospel as woman. Woman, what does that have to do with you or me when at the wedding at Cana? Woman, did you not know I must be about my father's business when Jesus was when they were looking for him when they found him in the temple? At the foot of the cross, woman. Behold your son, because God is talking about the woman in Genesis and the woman in the end, in Revelation, where she's going to crush the, the huge red dragon, Revelations 12. So, St. Louis is saying that Mary is preparing the end-time saints. Wow! I don't know how many saints, like St. Teresa of Flowers, she's one of them. She begged God that she would be one of the end-time saints. Now, why would she do that? Because she knows that there will be no greater saints in the whole history of salvation, greater than its end-time saints, and it's through Mary's mediation with her son that that's going to make it possible. Just like at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles at Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit descended like a fire upon Mary's head first. It was through her purity, her immaculate conception, her merit, 
and her great love for God, her ultimate perfect charity of love of God and neighbor, that she merited the great grace of Pentecost, and the, and the Holy Spirit flowed through the immaculate heart of Mary like a prism, and the Holy Spirit parted and landed on the head through the form of a tongue of the fire on, the, on the, all the twelve apostles, or the eleven at that time. And they were able to proclaim God's kingdom boldly, without fear of being persecuted or crucified like Jesus. Mary obtained for that grace for, for them. So she can do the same thing. God wants for the same role as the end times, in these end times. So St. Louis the Moffat goes on to say, because then the Most High and His Holy Mother will need to form great saints. There is a need. Just look at the world. It's falling apart. It seems like it's moving further and further away from God, growing colder and colder in charity, moving further and further away from the truth, and moving closer and closer and more to become insane. It's insanity what's going on. Insanity. You know, I mean, you can either be a man or a woman. It's your choice. Uh, I heard that in schools they have a thing called the fuzzies or something where the teachers are putting in the classrooms a litter box for the kids. If you think you're a cat, well, you could use the litter box, litter box like a cat, children. Are you kidding me? What have we become? This is what we're facing, folks. Worse than the times of the flood, the insanity back then. It's worse now. We need Mary, and we need the grace of God. And God is looking for those who will consecrate themselves to her immaculate heart and consecrate themselves to St. Joseph and consecrate themselves to the sacred heart of Jesus so that she can form us into the great saints that are necessary for these times. The St. Louis goes on to say, these great saints, full of grace and zeal, will be chosen to oppose the enemies of God who will rage on every side. And they will be singularly devout to Our Lady, enlightened by her, nourished by her, led by her, sustained by her, and kept under her protection in such wise that they may fight with one hand and build with the other. Okay? So our battle is not between flesh and blood, as St. Paul teaches. It's between principalities and powers and rulers of the world of darkness. We are fighting demons, folks. That's why all throughout the history of the Old Testament and New Testament, God speaks of a way of life and a way of death. The city of God, which is the way of life, and the city of man, which is the way of death. St. John Paul II coined the phrase, we live in a culture of death. That is the city of man, the city of death, a way of death. God is always calling us back to the way of life. In Deuteronomy, God says, I put before you life, I put before you death. He's showing on his right hand, look, here's life. This is the way of life. Follow Jesus, my son. He is the way, the truth, the life, and the way. Listen to him. And then there's the way of death. The Antichrist, the huge red dragon who is a liar and a murderer. And he's saying, if you follow the liar and the murderer, if you're obedient to him, 
You are on the path to death. There's no in between. It's very simple logic. We need to turn to Christ, and Mary will help us and help us to become that great saint predestined for our ultimate end in God. We don't want to miss this opportunity, but Mary assures it for us. So St. Louis de Martha goes on to say, we will build, we will uh, fight the enemy. Again, that's the enemy, the culture of death, but we fight it with what? Not with weapons, but with spiritual weapons, with love and charity. St. Paul says, love your enemies. Do be kind to them. Do good to them, and you'll be heaping coals of hot coals upon their heads, meaning that their hearts will soften with your love for them. And you may win them over. Doesn't mean that you have to uh, be a doormat. We're not saying that. Even Jesus wasn't a doormat, especially when the soldiers struck him, when Jesus was saying, when he was speaking to Caiaphas at the question, um, you know, who are you? And Jesus says, you ask anybody here. They heard me all teaching. I was in your synagogue day and night. And they all asked them. And the soldiers struck him, and Jesus turned He says, if I've said something wrong, then tell me. What did I do wrong? But if I said right, why do you strike me? Jesus is in the doormat. And we're not to be a doormat either, but we ought to call to love our neighbors in charity. Pray the rosary. It's the greatest weapon against the enemies of the world of darkness. They hate the rosary. I call it like the machine gun in his spiritual battle. Keep firing bullet after bullet at them. You'll break them down. And you'll win many hearts for Our Lady. So in that sense, we are building with the other hand. We want to build up the kingdom of God and not tear it down like the enemies of God want to do. Okay. So let's see here. What did I leave? Okay. So St. Louis de Montfort was on to say, this will arouse many enemies, of course. It's going to arouse many enemies because Jesus says, if the world hated me first, don't expect expect them to hate you too. You know, and even when Jesus was presented in the temple, and the prophet Simeon says, this child will be destined for the rise and fall of many in Israel. He will be a sign to be contradicted. So anyone who's following Christ is going to be the cause for the rise and fall of many. And they will be assigned to be contradicted. It's that simple. But we will arouse many enemies, St. Louis says, but it will also yield many victories and much glory for God. We should all strive to live for the greater glory of God. Every saint you talk to, everyone you listen to, all of their writings had that one thing in mind. I live for the glory of God, not for myself, not for anyone else. My whole being is to love God with all I got for his greater honor and glory so that he can win as many souls back to himself as he can. That's what God is pleased with, and that will satisfy God's justice. And Jesus will be very pleased with you and I because what he suffered and died for, that great, that his sacrifice upon the cross will not be done in vain. We will have participated in the work of salvation to help him 
to help satiate his thirst for souls. I thirst, and we're helping him bring souls to him. How pleased our Lord is, and how consoled his heart will be, and how consoled the heart of Mary will be if we help them win souls back to the sacred heart of Jesus. That's what it's all about. St. James says, if you win one soul to conversion, you have saved your own. Isn't that something? And Our Lady helps us to do it most. She will help us win most souls because she's the greatest evangelist. She's the greatest fisher of men, if you believe it or not, she is. She's always, throughout the whole history of salvation, has interceded on behalf of man to save them from destruction and to offer the wisdom for conversion and offer her hand to help as a helping hand back to the heart of Jesus. That's what she has in mind. She doesn't keep any glory for herself. She glorifies God with her whole being. And she, tries, she strives to win as many souls back to the heart of God because the heart of God is so broken with ingratitude. She doesn't want anyone to be lost. Jesus said it is not my Father's will that one be lost. So St. Louis says we will arouse many enemies but will also yield many victories, much glory to God. This noble spiritual doctrine, the fruits of which we see daily more clearly, is a normal consequence on the level of contemplation and intimate union with God of the doctrine admitted by all theologians, that Mary has merited de congruol. That means she has merited uh, for us the full wellspring of all of God's grace to be distributed. She is the instrument or the vessel through which God uses to distribute his salvific grace, his sanctifying grace. He distributes it to Mary. And she, at her will, she wills because her will is so one with God, but Jesus has merited the grace, grace, the sanctifying grace for our salvation. He is the one true redeemer. We all participate in his work of redemption, but Mary participates in a most eloquent, most exquisite, and most powerful way. Beyond all the angels and saints put together, Mary participates in God's work of redemption far more than all of them put together. That's all, that's all we're saying. So and especially has Mary merited the elect for the elect, the effects of their predestination that means that the effects of our predestination is <clears throat> she will help us to merit as much as glory as possible because she will help us to grow in the virtue of charity. Only in charity do we merit special supernatural graces that will help us to increase our eternal glory with God. Because once we die, meriting is over. We can only merit here on earth and Our Lady is so necessary to help us to obtain and attain that degree of glory that God desires for us. Um, I think I'll end it there, but I do want to mention that I am getting this information from um, Reverend Lagrange's book. Uh, I believe it's a Dominican. And uh, so Reverend Lagrange... Reginald Lagrange, and his book is titled The Mother of, of the Savior, 
and our interior life, the mother of the Savior in our interior life. Go out and get yourself a copy. Look it up on the Internet. You will be blown away. He is brilliant, and he puts, puts together um, dogmatically an explanation of what the Catholic teaching is on Mary and dogma, why we believe it, and you will see that it makes complete and total sense. He puts a very systematic book together, and you can't dispute it. It's amazing. So I thank all of you for joining me. I hope this helps. Please uh, look to Our Lady. Take her into your own home. That is the essence of Marian consecration. Into your own heart. Love her the way Jesus loves her. Love Mary the way St. Joseph loves her. In fact, all of the priests should be modeled after St. Joseph. And uh, just say this one thought, at, at Our Lady of Knock, the apparition of Our Lady of Knock, the Blessed Mother appeared with both St. Joseph and St. John. Of course, there was on the altar in the background, the slain lamb, the paschal lamb, the lamb of God who was slain, and the blood of lamb was, was, was spilled. All right? So that is Christ, the Redeemer, the sacrificial lamb. But Mary and St. Joseph and St. John, St. Joseph is, in a sense, like the bishop of the domestic home in the family. He is the head. He has the role of like bishopric, where he protects the family from the attacks of the evil one. He prevents Satan from having access to his wife and children. And all throughout the gospel, we've seen how St. Joseph has protected his wife and his child, Jesus from the wiles of the, of the devil, from the herods of the world who wants to destroy the Christ child. St. Joseph protected the family, and he prayed for them. So look to St. Joseph as a model for all fathers. St. John is a bishop, and when he appeared in that apparition, he appeared with the whole bishopric attire, the mitre, the staff, because God is saying that John is a bishop a bishop of the Holy Roman Catholic Church that hasn't changed. And just as John is in the person of Christ as a bishop, he's actually more in the person of God the Father. More in the person of God the Father because he has a fatherly role where he protects his wife and his child, his children. So his wife, in a sense, mystically, is the mystical body of Christ. All the priests, especially the bishops, they marry the mystical body of Christ to church. That's his bride because they are in persona Christi. And Christ is the bridegroom. And the bride of Christ is the church. You see? <clears throat> so we look to these saints to help us to arrive at our ultimate end in God and Christ. And uh, we pray to them, especially for our families. And I thank all of you for listening, and I hope you join me again, and I will keep you all in my prayers, I promise you, and please pray for me and all of us here at Holy Apostles College and Seminary. We need your prayers. Pray for your priests. Pray for the Pope. We're in troubled times. He's going to need all the prayers we can give him. Pray for your bishops. You know, our lady doesn't want anyone lost, especially the bishops. She does not. They are her free son. They are her special son. Pray for that grace, for God to enlighten them so that they can lead their flocks to their ultimate end in God. That's what's so important. So, Okay, I will uh, 
sign off for now. May God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you all through the heart of Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. God bless you all. See you again soon. Amen. Thank you for listening to a production of WCAT Radio. Please join us in our mission of evangelization. And don't forget, love lifts up when knowledge takes flight.